like they're lining up. Well, they're excited. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Sons of Mjolnir. I'm Gorgon. Hey, I'm Fat Thor. And uh, it's just us today. We're going to be chatting with you guys a little bit about what's upcoming with Thor. Uh, Y'all notice our buddy Cap is missing today. He's off saving the world over in Ireland. Um, Wishing the best of luck on that. So today we're just going to get a little chat from from me and TJ here. Chat with you guys about what's coming up in Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, As most of y'all know, the big bad on that is going to be Thor the God Butcher. He's going to be played by Christian Bale. We're super excited to see how this goes. You have me, who's a big Sim fan, and obviously Brother Thor over here, who's a huge Thor fan. So we're kind of just today going to be chatting about Gore and his importance and what he could mean to the future of the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. We were going to, we still plan on doing a full kind of uh, discussion and breakdown, if you would, of the Thor trailer. But obviously, we got to wait for the young man Cap for that. So today, like Gorgon said, we're going to be talking more so about Gore, the main villain how that relates to symbiotes and how that could potentially mean symbiotes coming into the MCU and what we think about that, how we think that could play out. So yeah, we're really excited. This is going to be kind of a shorter episode than our normal ones. And again, we're just going to be kind of nerding out over this topic. So Gorgon, if you want to start us off. So this all starts with, like you said, Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, which by the way, Can we just take his moment to realize how awesome that is? We got Christian Bale playing a villain. You know, he wasn't in my, in like my, my mental like draft picks ready to go to play Gore. I'm not going to lie. Christian Bale was not in like my top five ready to go. Hey, you know, if Gore comes to the MCU, throw this person out there, right? Like I've already got my note picked out in my head, right? But like, I don't, Gore, nope. Like Mm -hmm. not even there. And when I heard that Christian Bale was Gore, I was sitting there at work smoking on my lunch break and I just kind of like sat down for a minute and I was like, you know what? I bet he's going to nail it out the park, man. I, it's okay. Christian freaking Bale. I, how often does he play a villain, right? Yeah. I, he's done awesome with every chance he's ever had to play a psychopath or a villain. I say let the man pop off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's just a great actor all around. Like, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge bale you know like bale fanatic but i mean he's just such a great actor and i feel like i don't know to me i feel like when they get these really good actors and not saying you know other actors are worse or whatever but when you get these guys to play like villains and just let them you know take off like this is the role like just eat it up that's when we get like the best kind of compelling villains and with gore especially when they cast Christian Bale, I was like, okay, for sure. Like, he's not going to be like, Meh. you know, like the kind of cheesy, right. maniacal villain. Like, he's going to bring some depth, like some real emotion, I think, to that role. And Gore in the comics, while he's super brutal and, you know, downright terrifying, he's honestly a very sad character. Like, when you go into his origin, like how he became the God Butcher, it's honestly tragic, like to the point where like you can almost like, I understand what he's getting at. Right. I mean, like, I think, you know, our generation considered the least, you know, like in, in real life, right. The least religious generation 
right, in human history, despite being the largest, right? And I, I think there's a lot that deals with religious abandonment, right, and, and mistreatment that, that we felt like from watching our parents and before us from the gods they worship. And I think that's, you know, art reflects real life, right? And and there's the, the whole idea of if the gods aren't believed in, right, what's the point of them being around and alive, right, kind of thing. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see in Love and Thunder, right? I with, with Zeus and all of them up there, you know, on Mount Olympus. And and then you just have Gore, who comes from this place where he felt like his gods abandoned him. Yeah. I, but he learns that they're real, right? He learns they're real. They're not fake. All these gods we've worshipped are real. And they just chose not to answer, to not do anything. All that anger, that resentment, that, so you knew we needed help and you just let us die, right? You have this power to help and you chose not to. You are negligent and need held accountable. Fine, I'll be the one to hold you accountable. I'll hold all gods accountable. All gods must die. That yeah. is Gore's motto and mantra. And I can't hate it. I, I can't yeah. hate it. Like you said, especially kind of going back a little bit. So with like with Gore's origin, like you were just alluding at. So Gore, he so his planet doesn't have a name. They don't specify what his the name of his planet is. But Gore comes from a planet that is like very, very devout in their religious beliefs. Like they adhere to the God, their gods to a T. And like literally everything that they do is for the gods in the name of the gods. And right. this world that he grows up on is just completely hostile like it's i it, they don't go into specifically like what's wrong with the planet but basically the sun never sets so it's just a, a complete desert planet that never has nighttime never has rain and everything just like boils alive so, so if we have any listeners in arizona just the <laughs> whole planet this is just you guys yes the, the whole planet of arizona <laughs> But so basically Gore's race of people, they like survive by living in these caves and they like lick like slime off of rocks because there's no water on the planet. And they, they basically just live shitty lives. And everyone is just like, we just have to pray to the gods. Like the gods will provide like they always have. And we see when he's a young child, his mother gets eaten by these like desert tigers or I don't know, some kind of creature. And the last thing she says to him is something along the lines of like, you know, trust in the gods. Like, you know, we have to go along with the gods plans. And then fast forward, you have Gore as, you know, kind of a younger man and he has a wife who's pregnant and kind of same situation. She's like, you know, the gods will provide, we have to have faith. And he's like, okay, I get that. But like, we are all dying, like, you know, we have to do something, because he's basically trying to get them to leave these caves to search for something, and they're right. like, oh, like, the gods are going to provide, you know, and he's like, I mean, okay, you know, and then boom, uh, like, earthquake hits, and his wife falls into this huge crater, pregnant wife falls into this huge crater, and gone then fast forward again he's like so he convinces his people to leave this cave i don't know if it was just him who did it but they eventually leave and his last son dies on the journey through the desert and it's like a super sad like honestly tragic scene where 
he's walking with them and he's like, just close your eyes and you'll never be hungry again. And it's like, oh, dude, oh my God. And yeah, so like I said, it's just very tragic. And then basically this all culminates in he is basically like, look, like the gods don't exist. Like if they exist, that we wouldn't be living like this. If the gods existed, like why would they let us like suffer, suffer. like this? Like that this proves that, you know, the gods don't exist. And instead of like his people being like, oh yeah, like you're right. They're like blasphemer. You're, you know, you're blasphemy. Get out of here. Like we can't have you in our group. Like you're going to uh make us not go to heaven or whatever because you're not a non-believer so they basically outcast him and when he's just traveling he's like in the desert just like basically dying wishing for death he's like please like you know can i please just die like i don't want to go to heaven i don't want to go to hell like i just want nothing i want blackness and nothing forever like that's what i want right now and as soon as he's saying this, a huge like meteor comes down and just crashes like basically right next to him. And he goes in the meteor and he sees two gods, one all black and then the other, you know, the all black one stabbing another all kind of gold light sort of God, which Gorgon will kind of give us more context into. But basically this all culminates in Gore finding out that gods are real. And not only are they real, but during this entire time that him, his family, his people have suffered, they have done nothing. And they've heard nothing. They've heard their prayers. They've heard their begs and pleas, and they have done nothing. And the one God is still somewhat alive. And he's like, you know, help me. And Gore's like, help what? He's like, help you. Where were you? Where were you guys this whole time when we needed help? And when he's like kind of going on his ramp, the sword from the uh, the black god that was stabbing him kind of starts consuming him and forms a weapon in his hand. And I don't know, to me, it kind of felt like a sentient sort of thing. Like it felt like Thor wanted a weapon, so it gave him a weapon. And that's when he ki- officially kills or butchers his first gods. Butchers. And- from that point on, he sets out on a path to kill and butcher all gods because he thinks all gods must die. Yes, they're worthless. Like his famous tagline, all gods must die. And like again, given that Not backstory, yeah, given that backstory, you can kind of understand his reasoning. And it's like again, very tragic character. And I can't, I hope we get some of that in Thor Love and Thunder. And again, with that kind of meat to the story, given that to Christian Bale, I think he'll just devour that. I, and we were talking about this the other day, right? I've loved that and that the Thor Love and Thunder has given us one teaser, right? Not even a full trailer, just one teaser. That's it, one TV yeah. spot. I kind of want it to be that way for a while because I think what's made this movie special and why everyone's so hyped is the lack of leaks and the lack of trailers and stuff telling you all about it. Like, we know that he's in this movie as the villain, but the one teaser we've got doesn't really show any of the tragedy. It just shows, like, the golden, the sunshine, right? Mm-hmm. I want maybe just one more trailer for the movie drops. That's it. And at the end of all this golden sunshine, just in the darkness, all I want to hear is just a whisper of all gods must die or just where were you, right? Like, and it just being 
Christian Bale's gore, just his voice, don't even show it. Just maybe show me his hand clutching the blade, and that's it. That's all the hype I need. Yeah, I was about to say, I honestly do not want to see well, like obviously we've seen the toy leaks and stuff like that, but on screen, I would personally I would like to keep that for the movie. Like you said, a voice, maybe see like a, a tendril, you know, a sim tendril or something, but keep the full reveal for the movie. Cause I a lot of people are kind of bashing his look based off of like the leaks and the toys and stuff, which I can understand, I guess. But I, I, I think yeah, I think in the movie it's going to look a lot better. And I think he's going to look scary. Like I, I'm still holding out that maybe when he grabs the sword, right. Or after he yeah. kills, he like transforms more like, right. Like they do yeah. something in the MCU. Cause like he morphs more to this thing, right. Than, than the being, I don't know. That could be a neat way for the MCU to play it off, but they're not going to just straight from the start, you know, make him look like that. Yeah, but, but that sword of, he grabs, man. So that, if y'all aren't aware, that sword is all black, the Necro sword. Yes, that's what um, I was just about to get into. So Gorgon, please, I just kind of gave the whole uh, backstory of gore. So that blade that I was talking about and that god that he supposedly killed, this is where you need to jump in. Give us the context here. So what is that sword? What so, is the black goo Give, give it up give it to so us so i'm gonna try to not give you guys a reading list if y'all can see this in the video it's only a bit of light reading to get you caught up in context right i, I had to drop it oh god like if, if y'all are hearing this on spotify i'm literally holding up one two three like i don't know over a dozen volumes right now basically right starting from silver surfer black all the way through donnie cage run including absolute carnage most importantly scream is huge for us understanding like all black the relationship to thor that the symbiotes have right um because because of the story that we were given there but what we've learned through what donny cage added is is that of those two gods that were fighting one of them was null right null is god of the symbiotes he existed before everything else in the marvel universe in the blackness right he is god of the void when there was nothing there was null, right period he was there before the celestials came in and carved light into the universe to create all that they did the three major races and all that right like he he was there before it all the symbiotes are his children um as we say but they're also a part of him right that they took out and forged the first of his children he forged into a blade called all black the necro sword and it says that the first of his children to this day still fear the clang of the hammer sound right in the heat of the forge and that's why giant sounds and fire hurt the earliest of his children symbiote wise notice those things don't normally affect some of the newer symbiotes who come about right they're more distant they don't remember through the hive, all that happened to them way back then, right? But the earlier ones do. So that that blade he used to slay celestials is is huge, right? Because it's just this one dude, basically buck naked with the sword in the middle of nothingness, slaying celestials. This being is incredibly powerful, as we've seen through the King and Black event. Now, am I saying God is coming to the MCU? I don't know. I'm not saying that yet, but I'm also not not saying that. What I am saying is if they choose to acknowledge that it is all black, the necro sword, right, for, for the blade, and they call it that in the movie, that's going to mean a lot for symbiotes in the future of the MCU. Because at the end of Homecoming, 
we have or not homecoming sorry sorry too much no way home. i was messed up too no way home <laughs> yeah right no way home so many uh, we, we have that bit of a symbiote in the bar that got left behind from venom right so now there is a symbiote in the mc they could go a lot of ways with that it could become 616's venom it could become mania and we can end up with andy didn't it could go a lot of ways um there are a lot of people who are like oh it should end up on matt gargan and like i sure it would make us make sense for the mcu i guess like since he's already there i kind of just like personally would like to see their version of eddie brock and see how they do it if they yeah. are going to go for the big picture mm -hmm. because he is necessary for that story one day yeah. but that that sword is powerful and and that the golden god um that we saw at the time we don't learn till the end of king and black right is the antithesis to to null right so if he is is the god of the black and the void then that other god is what we would call the god of light um or as we've known it for a long time the enigma force right so the the person bearing that fighting him is the enigma force right will they fail in that moment or they win in that moment temporarily defeat null's avatar since he doesn't have to physically be there yeah um, to, to autopilot that form from the hive and then so technically the enigma force won that battle and then gorse just like no absolutely not and he picks up this sword and then that sword is lost to null through time and then that sword has a crazy history through him using it through coming to earth being on earth for a while uh part of it like changed like uh the the way the black knight's history has been done and what's happening with their sword it's not right the ebony blade isn't all black the necro sword but it is like a for lack of a better term like a grandchild of it almost right like it's part of its essence is there with it kind of a scenario going on so so now we have direct tie to uh eternals the black knight because those are both teared in there with it we already have a symbiote in the mcu with it right already ready to go for this story but the biggest is with thor which as we see in in screen right the history of symbiotes and thor is long and complicated and, and arduous and built a lot of our modern history the way they wrote it in. That like the story of Beowulf was and the and the Grindel are children of Null, right? These these things that, that were being fought by Thor and them at the time mm -hmm. to slay down. Right. So it's they they did a, I give Kate's a lot of praise on this. And and that's not just to Kate's, that's right. That's a part of it that goes to Bun, part of it goes to Clay McLeod Chapman right like everybody put a lot of work time and effort in, into making where we are now with the symbiotes in the mcu or in in the comics and then i guess for the mcu really grounded right yeah. in tying it all together chapman did a incredible and screen with tying it to the grindle and all that and they really wove all this new lore into older comics and into our real world for us very seamlessly very quickly yeah. uh so where this could go is is a lot of ways you know, I think that's my favorite thing as a Sim fan for, yes, it's technically not MCU, but now uh, the end of Absolute Carnage number, Venom number two, right, mm -hmm. uh, Carnage was, they they hinted at so many places. Uh, the yeah. end on that with the beach, right, like with Eddie like and Venom Island. Island. Yeah, that could have straight up gone to Venom Island, but that's post-Absolute Carnage, so that's weird, yeah. right? But we saw spirals and stuff in the way they were doing all the art and stuff, right? Uh, in that movie, that could be hinting at Carnage, which hints directly to Null, right? Yeah. I, it's they. 
I feel like the MCU is setting up big Easter eggs and and Sony's verse for where they want to go with symbiotes anywhere because I don't think they know where they want to go. Right? They left us believing toxin exist and and that that's with you know the officer right as it should be because he's the first host right Patrick Mulligan is of of toxin so he left us to believe that's going on right there so Sony's symbiote stories could go wild right I they could go anywhere but what they've done is they've given us a symbiote to the MCU exactly and and where we go with symbiotes I, I definitely think they're in the future for the MCU but I think it will where we know it's going will all determine if they call that blade all black the necrosword or not it's the movie because yeah. the implications for where that stretches in its history now in marvel is mm. bigger than it's ever been in comics for where to go you know absolutely and i think too a lot of this hinges on what sony's plans are for their venom you know sim verse and than also what Marvel's plans are. Because I think, especially now more than ever after uh, No Way Home, they're playing ball together more so than ever before. So I think that there's an understanding of Sony has their Venomverse and Marvel wants to do whatever it is they're doing, they want to do their own thing. And that's why, which I honestly thought was kind of hilarious, but in No Way Home, this is how I took it at least, seemed like Feige was like, I'll take your symbiote, but you can have you can have Tom Hardy, you can have that whole universe, but I'll take a little bit of your symbiote. And so that way, again, exactly, it's kind of a have your cake and eat it too sort of situation. You can still have Tom Hardy be Venom, have him be in his own universe, be Eddie Brock. But now it leaves the door open for in the Marvel main universe, MCU verse, we can have one, there is now officially a symbiote in the universe. There's like really, there's no way to cut around it. There is a portion of a symbiote in the MCU right now. And that, and also too, depending on what logic you decide to follow, there's more likely than not an Eddie Brock counterpart in the MCU universe. I mean, there are variants. We just saw multiverse of madness. Like, Exactly. I'm not going to spoil any of that, but even just going to No Way Home, we see three different Peter Parkers. And not only are they three different Peter Parkers, but they're all played by different people. So that confirms that variants don't have to be, they don't have to look exactly like each other. So it doesn't have to. How'd you say? Right. Only one of Loki's looks like our Loki, right? President Loki looks similar. But after that, you have like War Loki and you have like full on like for lack of a better term, full-on trickster Loki, right? You have the the croc Loki, kid Loki. Yeah, so while they could bring Tom Hardy, like if they really wanted to, like they could, but again, it leaves the door open. There could easily be an Eddie Brock counterpart in our MCU. But like you are saying too, it doesn't even have to be Eddie Brock. There's a lot of different characters that can take on the symbiote. Flash Thompson, for example, is a huge one. And obviously he hasn't had much to do in this, you know, Marvel universe with the Spider-Man, but he's there, you know, and especially with Peter and his story, that could be a pretty interesting way to kind of bring the symbiote in, you know what I mean? I don't think we'll get it with that Flash Thompson. I know they recently dyed his hair blonde, right? So he looks closer to Flash from the comics. I don't. 
I don't think we'll get that either. I'm just saying it's a it's another possibility. Yeah, he's too comedic. Anything could happen. He's too comedic. He's not as violent of a bully as we've had out of Flash in the past, right? And the man has legs. Like, like, granted, he hasn't been to Iraq and had him blown off yet. Okay, cool. Like, I get that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, and also too, we gotta feel like we kind of just brushed over this, but with Eternals and the Black Knight coming into play. Yes. And you you know a lot more about Black Knight's history and the uh what's it called, the ebony blade. But yeah. I will say that on uh, spoilers for Eternals, if you haven't seen it yet, but in that post-credit scene where he's touching the blade, that was not a, a coincidental visual decision, in my opinion. The way that the black kind of like comes onto his fingers, like touches him no. a little bit, that was, to me, that was intentional. You don't That's... make it look like that if you're not. Like I said, so the reason kind of drop a little hint, like a not even a hint, but just lay in the seat. You know what I mean? Like, no, absolutely. How we see that visual and we get kind of an idea of what that looks like. So later on, you know, however long it's going to take, once we do get symbiotes, we'll be like, oh, I've seen that before. I kind of know what that is. You know what I mean? I, so the recent. And and for anybody reading who's like or listening right now who's like, hey, when when on earth did, did the Black Knights end up tied to the symbiote somehow with this? I'll tell you. It's in the recent Black Knights Curse of the Ebony Blade Mini. It's incredible. Um, it ends with two Black Knights, um, which is interesting, right? Uh, for how it goes. And and they kind of did some a little bit of like, I, I'd say less of retconning the history of the ebony blade and more of expanding on it right and adding new information we didn't know in tying it to null loosely tying it to how right like uh it's it's kind of symbiotic related in essence with that right in and what it does to the bearer um but it ends with this idea of there are two one who sits in this eternal chair right and and that gives them this crazy vision while one of them is out wielding the sword right it's a job it doesn't matter who's the one holding the sword or the one in the chair and they'll trade turns kind of a thing um, is, is what they have set up going on there. And a lot of us wondered after we read it, was this testing ground for the MCU, right? Because we joke as comic fans, you know, they, they test ideas in mm -hmm. comics for, for what we could potentially have them do MCU-wise, a lot of us think. And I, I don't want to say that was testing ground, but given the way we got Dane Whitman and his gruffness and eternal so quickly afterwards, it's kind of... I, I would I think I'd really like it if that's where we head is that story. So if you're looking for a good recent Black Knight story in comics to catch you up on, hey, how does this Ebony Blade tie into, you know, Thor? I'd check out Scream, right, uh, uh, which is fantastic. Um, and and it's wrote by Clay McCouch Chapman. There's only one volume, sadly, um, for the, the Scream Curse of Carnage run. But it's a must read. It was canceled. Um, everything that man touches is gold and marble, in my opinion. And then I would read Curse of the Ebony Blade to see how uh, All Black the Necro Sword directly ties to symbiotes through the Black Knights. Mm -hmm. um, would be a neat little, neat little story for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like I said, I mean, there's so many ways they can go with it, and especially with uh dane whitman coming into the mcu i think again they're 
taking baby steps. It's I don't think we're gonna get symbiotes in the next movie, or I don't even I think we'll get them in Love and Thunder. But I think in Love and Thunder, we will be getting more of those seeds planted. And especially, I wanted to bring this up before, but when you were going through Noel's history, so when Noel first created uh, All Black, he he started off killing Celestials. And who was one of those Celestials that he beheaded, Gorgon? Tell me. Lay it on. Come on. Make me happy. Other than Nowhere. The celestial severed head that we have been seeing ever since Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. So again, like Gorgon was saying, when Noel started his kind of rampage, he started killing celestials, and he is the one that decapitated nowhere. So that severed head that we see in Guardians One, Guardians Two, and even in Infinity War. That was because, I mean, they could change it in the MCU, but based off the comics, that's how that head got to be there in the first place. And having gore in Love and Thunder and also having the Guardians there, if that's the route they're going, I can't see how that doesn't come up. Like, no, I, And if you guys are interested, less than like a dozen pages into the King and Black event, no mecha pilots three freaking celestials that we can see here is presumed more from what we see later in it uh right their bodies that he now controls these symbiote wrapped celestials uh yeah. because he killed them he he just went on a rampage and was like nope gotta kill these celestials they want to attack my home i and if yeah, we're talking man. MCU, like in the MCU universe, we just, for those who have seen Eternals, we see the kind of power scale of a celestial and like how, like they are literal space gods, like they created the universe. And you have in Null and All Black, the Necrosword, you have a power there that is able to dwarf a celestial and to consume take over a celestial so just the idea of that is insane on its own so again having while we're not getting null right away you know that's going to be very very far along just having gore in this movie with whether they decide to call it you know all black and necro sword or however they spin it having that potential of power is super interesting and very exciting and i again I think that's where they're going to go with it. I don't see, again, the Guardians being there with the whole nowhere thing. I can't see that not not coming up. Because I feel like, too, that's been a kind of, not like huge mystery, but I mean, at least for us nerds, like in the Guardians movies, I feel like that's a question a lot of people do have is like, how how did that head get there? You know what I mean? Like we've seen it multiple times now. It's not just like a thing in the background. Like they've specifically- Right, it is cut. Yes, off. so and it it has us watching the movies, being like for for those of us who aren't right reading the comics, like how the do you like behead a celestial man? Like okay. where this? What could it be that does it? And when you find out it's a, it's a being who's what like seven foot, maybe like seven foot tall, right? Just a little mm-hmm. bit taller than the average human being, right? But like a foot taller, just wielding this sword that it forged out of its own self. I is slaying it it's impressive <laughs> and 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 frightening is what it should be i i don't think i'm with you i don't think we're gonna get symbiotes soon 
no. in the MCU, right? But y'all have to remember in Iron Man 2, we got our first little drop hint teaser Easter egg for Namor, and that's Spidey's favorite. Well, we are now in phase four, and we're not getting Namor till what, Black Panther 2? Right. So that. I mean, that's yeah, pretty sure it's confirmed now, but until yeah, I hear so it from Spikey's mouth himself, I nothing's confirmed to me. <laughs> yeah. So like it's we know we know Namor's cast. We know the plan yeah. is for Black Panther too, but it's been a long time coming, right? I don't think Null and and this idea of let's go hard with the symbiotes is something you do easy, mm-hmm. right? That you jump to. I think it's gonna be a long time coming, but symbiotes are in the MCU. They are coming to the MCU. Yeah. And whether I'm going to be the most annoying person on Twitter with saying God is coming to the MCU until Null is here or not will fully depend on how they like talk and lay down the lore of all black in, in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you just said, that's after we see this movie, that's when we'll be able to definitively say, like, oh, yeah, they are coming, or yeah, they're not. they're coming the question is is god coming yes and going back to what you're talking about too is you know i think people especially now that we have so many mcu movies i mean what are we at like 25 almost now maybe maybe a little don't don't forget shows. so it's like i feel like now more than ever people are as impatient as ever for the next big event or the like now that we know like with Endgame and stuff everyone's kind of waiting for that next big thing or the next you know big whatever but I think a lot of people need to remind themselves and if you look back throughout the MCU they don't do I mean again I'm the Marvel shield so take all of this with a grain of salt but they don't do anything necessarily by accident and like not even by accident but they don't they're not going to just throw something like symbiotes at us they're going to slowly throughout the course of you know movies or shows again slowly plant those seeds and I heard someone else uh talk about this and the way I can't remember who it was but the way they articulated it was very good I thought and it's in a sense you know they have to teach us the language of what we're about to see So like when we're watching, like perfect example is the multiverse, right? So the latest strange movie deals all with the multiverse, right? But it's not like they just came out was like, oh yeah, Doctor Strange is going with the multiverse. We had Loki, we had Spider-Man No Way Home. We had Avengers Endgame, all those things with the time travel, WandaVision. And even if you go far back as Ant-Man, just the yeah. little seeds that they planted with the quantum realm, how the quantum realm works, how time travel works, how the sacred timeline and how there are multiverses. They had to take time to kind of, again, teach us the language of, okay, well, what is a variant? What is the That's a really good way to put that. I like that a lot. Exactly. And it's like for especially people who are casual fans and might not read the books, if you just throw out all black the necrosword, they're gonna be like, well, what the hell is that? Like, we need to take baby steps and kind of lead some people by the hand. And again, teach them the language of this universe before we full on go there. So that way, when we do get something like a symbiote, or again, going back to multiverse, people will understand it and be like, okay, like, I understand this better because I had, I saw this in Loki or, you know, whatever. So again, with the symbiotes, I, it's not a matter of if they're coming, it's a matter of when and yeah. how they're going to set that up. And again, I think a lot of people just get very impatient with this stuff. 
And especially going to like, you know, want to talk about X-Men and the Fantastic Four and where the hell are they? And again, it, it, this is my opinion, but they are coming. But we need to learn that language of what is a mutant? How do mutants come about? Why are there mutants? Why are some people mutants? Why are some people not? Like we need to learn a little bit about that before we're just like, bam, now there's mutants and, you know, just go with it. Right. You have to you have to lead up to it here and there, right? Easter egg it. I, like I said, we've had Easter eggs for what's going on with Namor and Atlantis stretching back in small ways all the way back to Iron Man too, right? Mm-hmm. I that, that that fans broke down. So and and then we had them in Infinity War, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in Infinity War or or was it Endgame when Nat's in charge and the Wakandans are there on the Hollow and they're talking about like that deal out in the Pacific. Yeah. They're like, no, we leave it, right? That's yeah, absolutely, if you slow down, look at the map, like looking for where Atlantis would be in the more reference, right? We know that's Feige's fave. Feige's here for the long game with oh, things yeah. and boys. Um, and, and that's how come I say symbiotes are coming. I, I could absolutely see Null coming to the MCU, but I think if he does, it's going to be a minute, um, right? Because the yeah. story of Null was wrote with the long game. Mm-hmm. He's a long game man. He took this lore from, uh, right, that we had from before, these scenes that he found fascinating, right? The 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 two gods fighting, right? Yeah. And how Gore picked up the blade. He wanted more out of that. Right? Mm-hmm. He's heard the story's purpose with Aaron and then was grab the sword, boom. Now we have right like this character created go on and everybody focused on that. But Donnie said, What's what's going on with those gods? What can I yeah. do with those gods? Are those so those free to play with? And he he directly tied this to that, this idea of this character woven in so seamlessly to Thor's history, to to our history, even to Shield and Fury and mutants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, got woven in with a with a short that we got called Venom. That's one of my favorites. It's it's about these experiments that that Shield was doing on soldiers during Vietnam um, with symbiotic matter, right? And and it's all of this is important, particularly for Spider Man fans, because for years we thought that that Spider Man brought the symbiote to Earth and that he was responsible, and mm-hmm. he's bared this weight for years. And what this has taught us is symbiotes have always been around. They've been on this earth, right? Even without him bringing the Venom symbiote in, in the comics to us, Venom was always going to make it here because he'd been here, yeah. right? Damn, I never awesome. thought of that, but that's a great that's a great point, Gorgon. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, they've been here. It wasn't his burden, right? So so it in part of the, the last issue of King and Black is is Eddie, or, or sorry, the Venom run from Kate's is is Eddie telling pete because they're friends now right yeah and and good friends pete's almost like a a a godfather to to dylan right eddie's son and and telling him like it's not yours to bear they've always been here you're not responsible right like pete wanted to punch him because he's not you know eddie's known that for a long time but they've never really had a moment where they're not saving the world to slow down and tell him that it could be impactful right right so he made sure that he got to tell him that it's a huge deal right for spider-man fans for it to come full circle because the reality is and this is super important for the mcu symbiotes do not need spider-man for their story to be told uh, this giant stuff earlier is all symbiotes just since 2018 stories right mm-hmm. none of it needs spider-man to function symbiote lore is expansive bigger than ever and it stands on its own it doesn't need spider-man it's evolved past where we started and i think that's important 
right? Particularly mm-hmm. for the MCU. Yeah. Right? Because Sony can tell its own thing. So can Marvel. Mm-hmm. I, would I prefer if we get Null it to be in the MCU as opposed to the Sony-verse? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I don't mean to talk trash, but I do not trust Sony with Null, man. Like, I, I don't mean to talk trash, Null, please let him be Sony in the MCU. Either, but I don't palak patel who's in charge of like everything right with sony and them or 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 whoever is over there with that like nah man like i I don't trust you i would rather see see feige in charge of null um and and how that all goes down that's just me personally i think null has to be a build-up big easter egg stories that make sense that that like i said teach you the language of it and i i don't think that's something we're going to get from sony on this Mm-hmm. Um, so if I were to see it, I'd want it to be Marvel. That that would or MCU, I guess, right? It'd still be Marvel, just MCU. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me ask you though, because I was kind of thinking about this, and I think you have a better understanding of the kind of background of all this stuff. How <laughs> how will that work as far as like the rights go? So like obviously Sony has the rights to Spider-Man and like Spider-Man adjacent characters, but what about right like the term symbiote does sony have a like claim like could if, if we do get symbiotes in the mcu can they call them symbiotes or is it going to be a mutant enhanced situation like in the I earlier I, I don't want to say symbiote like the the symbiote fandom that, that i collectionally call the hive right i the hive would lose its mind if we're not allowed to call symbiote symbiotes. Oh yeah, right? that was so I, I'm just saying, what do you think? Do you think like legally, not not what they would like to do, but as like I said, as far as their deal goes between Marvel and Sony, do you think that's a de- that's even a big deal or is that- You like- know what, I don't. I don't think it's a big deal. And, and here's why, I think Sony has learned. I think Sony has learned that working with Feige and Marvel is important, right? As we've heard from, from, I can't remember her name, the lady in charge of like scheduling all that, right? Yeah. I, I think they've learned how important it is and how impactful it is for the development of their universe, for their movies to come out right, right? Mm-hmm. They did their own thing with the Venoms, right? And then we got uh, an announcement of an Olivia Wilde-led female Spidey project that we're all assuming is Spider-Woman, right? Well, it's been like a year. Mm-hmm. I've heard nothing. Yeah. On that. But we know that Craven is filming right now, right? Craven the Hunter's filming, I, which is crazy to me. And and then we know that we got uh, a Madam Web movies announced, and we already have casting announcements made, right? And yeah. and, big, and and alleged leaks coming out from that, but still nothing on this Spider project. What I think is important because of something that we just got in Multiverse of Madness. I don't, uh, a. Uh, uh, I don't think it's a major spoiler off the trailer, but the place Woundagore is mentioned, which is a huge deal to the greater like where Marvel could go, particularly Spider-Woman these days with her current lore, and to the Black Knights with their history lore, with Morgan Le Fay once being in prison there. Like Woundagore is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I wonder if maybe the reason we haven't heard anything out of the Olivia Wilde Spider-Woman movie is maybe it will be MCU. And Sony Marvel collab, kind of like their Spider-Mans would. I'd really like to see that. This is just tinfoil hat here, but that's a massive Easter egg, right? And Olivia Wilde is a massive talent to to name drop and then not mention for a year. That's not something you'd want to waste, particularly with the hype. I could see that being a thing. So I I, I think the Sony Marvel relationship has gotten a lot better thanks to the Spider-Man movies. I wouldn't see them... 
leaving us a symbiote, letting us do this stuff in Eternals and set up for this big picture stuff if we weren't allowed to, to play with the toys in the sandbox. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I, there, there's no sense in being like, mm, you can have the helmet of the action figure, but not the rest of the action figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let the kids play. Give us the whole, give us the whole kit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking, like I said, with the whole, like, the way the rights technically go like are they gonna have to do some whack like what was it in the first venom movie i mean they changed it but in the first trailer they were like symbiote or like they said it's super weird you know what i'm talking about symbiotes and and they had to they had to rework it because everybody was livid yeah Um, like what the fuck is bio bro like yeah Everybody was livid at her pronunciation. And yeah. like, like, you know, like we're all understanding that nerds come from all around the world. Accents are going to have weird dialects, but nobody yeah. wanted to hear symbiotes. Everybody was angry. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing it. I'm like, wait, what? What the hell is she yeah. talking about? <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to matter rights-wise. I, you know, is, and I, I don't know how the rights go for sure, but just because of the, the way their relationship has grown, I don't think it matters. I think they're yeah. going to be more willing to work with each other than ever before, than, than ever before right? That's, that's mm-hmm. how come I mentioned like where it's come with spider-man where i think they're going with spider-woman tinfoil hat theory right i i think the relationship's a lot better than than people give it credit for um i i really do or else like or to to put it the best way i can if you were to sit down with someone give them an idea and then they were just to like throw a freaking sandwich in your face and storm off right you'd probably be like nope this relationship is over done like wash under the bag but Mm -hmm. that's what built their relationship right with with feige and sony i and all this so i i think that their relationship has to be a lot better than we give it credit for and i think they're probably going to be more likely to share and collab and connect it more than than ever before particularly with how big multiverses it's easy to be like yeah these characters connect but these ones stay just in this universe these stay in here i i think we just got to be patient on that you know Absolutely. And like you said, I think their relationship's better than it's ever been. And I think too, if we're being honest, like you kind of alluded to earlier, I think Sony more or less kind of learned like it's better for us to work with them than against them. And not saying like they ever were like actively trying to like work against Marvel, but I think in the in the beginning they were like this is ours like we don't want any help like this is our lane we want to do it ourselves and we don't want anything to do with you know this and i think you know you know people like those movies i'm not gonna you know trash on the movies or whatever but kind of underwhelming if you will say and i think that they learned after you know the success of no way home and even far from home and homecoming they learn like, okay, like if we play ball, it's, it's a lot better for us to play ball with them than to try and, you know, ignore them. And I think now and with them letting Marvel kind of in more and seeing how that improves their films, I think that the future is bright for a Marvel, you know, Marvel-Sony partnership. Does that mean that I think that they're going to give Marvel like complete control over them no like they want that back for sure they're gonna keep that and they're bro that they're gonna melt this cow till it's dead i mean they already are we're getting a freaking uh craven movie and uh what we're getting three more spidey movies within college allegedly yeah what is that movie well i don't even know the guy's name i'm so i'm an old man now but that rapper who's what the like character that's been in one comic book Dude, oh, no, no, no. Tim 
Yeah, he's been in two. They just announced it the other day, and I'm drawing a blank now. Um, yeah, but they just announced, like, yeah, they're doing some obscure movies, right? And, like, a Madam Web movie seems so bizarre to a lot of people. I, I can see it as, as a Spidey fan and Symbiote fan, right? Like, and, and not that Madam Web's necessarily for the Symbiote in any way, but, you know, just with, with all the Spidey lore and everything, I could see it. Madam Web could be a key player in, in tying in the spider people to the multiverse, particularly yeah. if they are going the to do this. Yeah, more collaborative, you know, unification and then having, hey, these are here, these are here. Madam Web could be important for establishing where they want to go with that future. So it's not not a full out and left field for me, I don't think, to, to see a Madam Web movie. I'm excited for where it goes, and I'm really excited to see what we get in Love and Thunder with Gore. And and if they do call it all Black the Necrosword, right? Like all this about where symbiotes could go, could we get null in all this, all comes back down to are they going to call the sword that Gore holds all Black the Necro sword, and are they going to hint or expand on its history at all in the movie? Right. Yeah. That's what this all comes back down to. And I am super also to how they choose to show the all blacks like abilities, like as like with Gore especially. Like, are we gonna see him like you know forging new weapons out of like the I, I lack the of matter. symbiote, yeah, like you the know, matter for lack of a better term, the symbiotic yeah, matter, yeah, exactly. that is the like, sword. are we gonna see stuff like that, or are they gonna go the route of it's just gonna be more of like an actual sword? You get what I mean? And you I know think, what? I kind of like it. We were talking earlier on the shift of this form. Mm -hmm. if, if the cape that we see like Gore wear sometimes, right, mm -hmm. comes from the sword. I would like it if his like yeah. hood and that comes from it becomes part of him and like his form shifts mm -hmm. after his first kill. That could be sick. Yeah, well, that's kind of how it is in the books is like yeah. the books he has a kind of black cloak over him and that's what the cloak, is. it's the it's the symbiote, the like you said, symbiotic matter. So yeah. I think also, again, going back to the whole toy leaks and like the promo yeah. stuff and people complaining about Gore's look, I think you just brought up a great point. I think potentially in the movie, what we're seeing in these leaks, because he's kind of in like a just regular like garbs, you know, for lack of a better word, just kind of uh, regular white kind of cloth. Just but, a plain dude in robes, which yeah, he would be it. on his planet before since he was devout. Exactly. So like you said, maybe once he acquires the sword we just haven't seen it in the toys and stuff but he'll like you said you know get the black cloak and you know have you know making weapons and all that so i think like you said how they how they decide to deal with his powers and how the sword works and everything is really going to be the determining factor of where we're going in the future well, and it's, you know, with this movie, right, Jason Aaron's run on Thor and, and Unworthy Thor, Mighty Thor writer, obviously, and, and the Gore the God Butcher arc are obviously huge inspiration for this film with Jane and everything, right? And then that's where we first get, as we said, right, these gods that crash who later we learn are the Enigma Force, the God of Light and Null, right, or an Avatar of Null at the time. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's depending, it this movie really is huge in a lot of ways for the future of the MCU, despite the lighthearted tone that we've got from the one teaser, right? Like for for a lot of big picture fans looking for more, this story is huge in, yeah. in foundation to where it went in comics. And I think this movie is going to be huge 
in my opinion, bigger than Multiverse of Madness was for the yeah. future of where we go in the MCU. And I loved Multiverse yeah. of Madness, by the way. Just saw it two nights ago for all y'all listening on it. Um, I, I, I'll do my best to not get spoilers to you guys. Y'all gotta go see it. But realistically, it adds like two new places for sure, right? Mm-hmm. To to the Marvel Universe and two more people to the roster for the Marvel Universe for the future. And that's it, right? It's yeah. And there's this name drop to places. It's all about where could they go with these places, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's options that we knew we already had in the barrel for places to go before for the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just more confirmed, yeah, it could still go one of those ways, ways and probably will soon, right? Yeah. I, and that's that's important. And it was more of a great focus, Strange and Wanda story, in my opinion, yeah, and absolutely. it was for the expansion because we yeah. already knew where we were going to go with these Easter eggs and places that it dropped for us, right? Yeah. But big, but but Gore changes things because of what he did for the comics and shaping the future and the way the history has been rewrote with the symbiotes and all. His existence in this movie, in my opinion, is going to be more key to determining the future of this like next two phases the mcu the multiverse of madness was yeah and i'm like you're you're not gonna go into spoilers or anything we we are planning on uh making a video for multiverse of madness where we're gonna discuss in full all of these things but like you were saying uh you know in reality while multiverse of madness is a huge movie as far as like you know different realities and all stuff at the end of the day which really surprised me it's it's actually a very contained story like yeah. it's very contained to strange and wanda and on the flip side i think with this new thor movie a lot of people are thinking it's going to be very contained sort of like ragnarok and you know thor the dark world were but given the players that are in this movie i think like you were saying it could potentially be a lot more world building than even multiverse of madness would and we also have to remember too like again we had to remember what players were getting in this movie i mean we have the entire guardians cast in this movie while right. i don't think that they are going to be in the movie long i if you're asking my opinion i think they'll probably be in it in the very beginning and like first you know, third arc or whatever yeah, like maybe the first 20 30 minutes or something before like they kind of set off on gore but we, I would be very, very shocked if what happens in this Thor movie does not at least set up a little bit of where the Guardians are going to be in their third movie. Because while we still have a while to go, like, I, it wouldn't make sense to me for them not to at least, again, set up where they're going in the third movie. Right. Like, at, like, when they leave Thor where are they going to go? And I think that's going to, again, kind of be a little, you know, toss up of where we might, what we might see in Guardians 3. And then we obviously have Jane Foster Thor, you know, what's the future with that? Are we, you know, is she going to stick around? We have Olympus and the Olympian gods, like they're expanding in a lot of ways that I think people aren't really realizing. And I think, like you said, it has potential to really be kind of game-changing for where the MCU might want to go in the future. And if you'll like all this like sim talk of it, you'll know I'm like a nuts for symbiotes. We will have a sim episode soon where I just nerd out with you guys about like how big symbiotes currently are in comics. Cause I think a lot of people don't understand the scale of them, but that's kind of part of why this gore is important. Um, Mm -hmm. and all black because symbiotes are bigger than ever 
in comics. They they are everywhere right now, and their ties are everywhere. They go back to Gore. Gore. They go back directly to Thor and the Grendel. Right. They're tied to Shield. They're tied to mutants back in the day through the Shield experimentation and and Wolverine, knowing that they've been around since the Vietnam. Right. Like Logan's yeah. known the symbiotes were there for like what like 30 something years before peter parker ever showed up with one as a suit right like that's kind, of, that's kind of important you yeah. know what i mean i there's yeah they, they've been around they're stretched everywhere we we have symbiotes in space on earth different places on earth we have some working with the government some on the run from the government some that have like weird levels of clearance nonsense right now right they're spawning expanding there's new birth there's the fallen hive for null that, that some can access there's carnage's version of a, of a hive mind that, that separated off right some are bound to the hive some are solo sentient like they are bigger wider everywhere yeah. right and and their big introduction all comes down to these small little easter eggs right like marvel building like we were talking about and gore is is the key for not just this potential for them in the mcu but for where do we go with thor after this right where do we yeah. go with jane foster right is she going to stick around is is this going to be wrapping up all of her arc in a single movie which right. will go, we'll definitely be discussing all of that in our Thor official yeah. breakdown. But yeah. yes, exactly. Like this is going to be, this is the kind of, you know, the match that lights the flame, you know, depending yeah. on what they want to do with it, this can be the thing that starts all of this off. Yeah, man. Like it's, it's, we haven't, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't feel like we've had anything in a while in an MCU movie where it's like that, that will determine a key for where they go from here mm -hmm. right but in my opinion that we've been able to say for a while because wrapping up this last arc right of phase three and starting phase four we've been in this place where we kind of knew where we were headed next right we kind of knew what was coming after the end of phase three to start phase four we kind of knew the starting block of phase four and what it might set up for right and and places we can go and like i said i feel like multiverse of madness really just confirmed yes you know we could go here here yes this is coming eventually right mm -hmm. it didn't add a whole lot of like this is the pivot point from here in my opinion but i really personally feel like gore is is the big pivot point and if you guys are looking for more gore content i thor give it or thor lay us down a lay us down a gore content run for these folks to read and catch up on real quick yeah, so if you guys are trying to read about gore, obviously first and most important place to go is Thor God of Thunder from Jason Aaron. I think it's uh, the first 10 issues, I want to say, are all about gore. Uh, that's the God Bomb arc, and that will give you everything you need to know about gore. The all-black necrosword, as it was in that story, like Gorgon saying, later on with King and Black, it gets expanded a lot. But yeah, as far as gore goes, that's what you want to read, God of Thunder. And I would also put in there uh, King Thor, which is a six-issue mini that is basically kind of the epilogue of Jason Aaron's entire Thor run. But gore plays a pretty prominent role in that, in that six-issue mini. And I will say, too, I think probably has the most brutal kind of gore moment, in my opinion. It's very, like... Uh, almost downright scary so that's what i would recommend if you guys are looking for what to read for the movie in general i would say just pick up anything that's thor with jason aaron on it 
If it's Jason Aaron Thor, then you can't go wrong. That's basically what the whole movie, I mean, and his run is very long. So that includes God of Thunder. That includes the Mighty Thor. That includes Unworthy Thor. And like I said, King Thor as well. So there's a lot of reading to do. But again, if it's Jason Aaron and it's Thor, then you can't go wrong. That's what I would recommend. And if you guys wanted a place for how symbiotes directly tie to Thor um, with the Grendel and with everything on it, surprisingly not a Venom comic, Scream, Curse of Carnage uh, by Clay McLeod Chapman. I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, the art in it is incredible. Um, and, and all it does with Thor and tying it directly into right what we know of the story of, of Beowulf is, is super neat, super fun read. Um, and it it give you guys a little bit of a little bit of like tie in history for like why we're like yo like yeah gore mean gore and gore and Thor mean symbiotes are coming yeah. like what how does that yeah. happen like yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely well that's really all we got today like I said we just wanted to really nerd out about this stuff more so kind of just get it out of our heads honestly. Uh, we're hoping Cap will be back. Don't worry, he will be back. And Shield Talk is still coming. That's going to be our right. next our next full episode is still going to be Shield Talk. So sorry we're a little late with it, but we hope you guys are still excited. As far as other things, though, we got a lot of exciting things that we're planning on doing and some things coming down the pipeline. You guys can look forward to our Thor uh, trailer episode. We're going to be discussing the trailer in full. You also can look forward to Moon Knight. We're going to be talking Moon Knight. And of course, we're going to be talking Multiverse of Madness as well. All going to be separate episodes. So keep a lookout for those to hear our complete thoughts, breakdown, and uh, spoilers for all of those. And we're really excited. If you guys like our videos, if you like this episode, please consider giving us a like, subscribe, hit us up on Twitter. And yeah, you got anything else, Gorgon? Um, yeah, if you're on YouTube, if you would go down in the comments right now, while you're watching this, if you made it this far to the end of the episode, thank you. If you would comment down there for me in the bottom, right, what you're hoping to see out of gore in Thor Love and Thunder after listening to us. And then if you guys would notice, we should have a new logo coming up uh, before we yeah. wrap up out of here. Brother Thor, why don't you tell us about this fancy new logo? Because I'm excited. Yes. So we have a logo finally, officially. We got it from our good, good friend, Nate. So yeah, we got a new logo. It looks amazing. I'm going to pop it up on the video once this is edited. But the homie Nate Taylor did this for us. He is an amazing artist. He's actually working on a book right now with our friend of the show, uh, Derek, also known as Grimace Wayne. They're making a book called Wanted Man. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, yeah. Nate's just a super cool guy. He did the logo for us. And if you guys want to check him out, go follow him on Twitter at capital N, capital T Comics. And also go on Amazon and check out his book, Wonka Mania. He has a book, Wonka Mania. We'll be tweeting out the link to that later. And I'll also put it in the description of this video. So yes, please go check it out. He is awesome. He's a great guy. And his art is amazing. If you guys are working on a book or want some commissions, hit him up because he is amazing. And he'll do you know pretty much anything you need him to do. So shout yeah, out to Nate. Shout, shout out to you guys and the listeners for being here today. Thank y'all. Sure.
Yeah, thank you all for joining us again. This was supposed to be a short episode, but we kind of went off the grid here. But we hope you guys enjoy it, and we hope you guys are excited for the cap. I knew that wasn't going to happen. A short episode where I get to talk about symbiotes and you get to talk about Thor? Nah, that's never going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to do something.